Welcome to the Nonprofit Hero Factory, a weekly live video broadcast and podcast where we'll be helping nonprofit leaders and innovators create more heroes for their cause and a better world for all of us. Ding. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Hero Factory. Today, we've got a special episode. It's not like any of the others that we've had so far, because instead of having a nonprofit uh, professional or a uh, regular communications type of person or technologist even, we've got a screenwriter. He's actually a uh, friend of mine that I've known for quite a a while now, and I'm really happy that he agreed to come on the show to talk about his process and how to really craft a compelling story. Let me introduce him. His name is Alex Litvak. He is a former feature executive turned screenwriter at Impossible Dream. After graduating from USC, Alex worked at 20th Century Fox and Intermedia, where he was involved with over two dozen movies, including X-Men, X-Files, Behind Enemy Lines, Training Day, Terminator 3, Alexander, K-19, Quiet American, Mindhunters, Basic, Dark Blue, and The Hunting Party. Since making the switch to screenwriting, he's sold pitches, specs, and done assignment work for multiple studios and networks. His produced credits are Predators from 2010, The Three Musketeers from 2011, and Secret Society of Second Born Royals from 2020. He most recently sold action spec verses to Universal with David Leach from Hobbs and Shaw and Arcana to Lionsgate with Chad Stileski, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, from the John Wick franchise. He's currently writing a show about young Harry Houdini for Touchstone TV. When I asked him what his superpower was, Alex said, I tell stories that try to entertain people. Occasionally I succeed, which is a very humble way of saying what he does. Let's bring him on to the show to tell us a little bit more and talk to us about the process of crafting great stories. Hey, Alex. Hey. Thanks so much for jumping in and joining us today. So uh, as I like to start everything, uh, tell me a little bit, what's your story? What's my story? How far back do you want to go? I was born and raised in Russia. Um, uh, it was uh, another time and another place. Um, was not a great time to be a Jewish person in Russia at that time. Um, I escaped into books and movies, which is probably why, much to the dismay of my parents, when they ask in first grade, what do you want to do? And some kids say, well, I want to be a princess or I want to be a cosmonaut. I said, I want to be a writer. Um, and uh, never really grew out of it. Started writing, started writing at a very young age. There was a lot of very bad poetry and a very foolish attempt to write a novel. And then finally, um, uh, after 11 years as refuseniks, as, as people trying to uh, get exit visas from the Soviet Union and failing to do so, after 11 years of that, my family finally was able to come to the United States. Um, I uh, enrolled in USC shortly thereafter, went to USC film school, with the lofty aspirations of writing and directing, though my background was very different from every kid that went there, I was a typical kid that went there with, you know, I want to be the next Lucas and Spielberg and wow, this is heavy. Thank you, the Academy. Um, so graduated, um, you know, again, trying to figure out what's next. How do I stop my parents from having a heart attack about my future every single day? Um, and an internship that I had led to a job offer very shortly after graduation. So I kind of did that for a while thinking, oh, I'll just write on weekends. It'll be like a working at a video store, but better. I did not realize that it was really a choice of a lifestyle and that job would lead to another job and another job. So I was an exec for 10 years, which is, as you've heard in my bio, worked in a lot of different movies. But I really came to realize that 
what I wanted to do as that kid growing up in Russia, the reasons why I got into this crazy business, the reasons why I divide my family had nothing to do with what I was doing every single day. It's like saying, well, I want to be an adventurer and explorer, but first let me get a job working for a travel agent. Um, so I realized I was kind of raising somebody else's children and launching somebody else's dreams. So after 10 years of that, um, that career came to an end. Literally, I think on the day, 10 years after I graduated college, and um, I kind of had all this money saved. I had an idea for a TV show, even though I've never worked a day in TV in my life. I'm like, well, it's only 60 pages. Let me just, let me see if I can fail quickly. And lo and behold, it got me my first um, agent. It sold in a bidding war and kind of led to other things. And I've been doing that ever since. So that's the short version of my story. And it's a great story, and it has a lot of key storytelling elements as you went along. You know, uh, you set up the world that, that you started in, you set up the journey, the obstacles, the detours, and it came to a uh, great Hollywood conclusion where you're now a successful screenwriter. In well, I, I, I don't think it's a conclusion. I think it, it's uh, uh, anybody who in Hollywood who says, I have made it, uh, Kudos to you, because you know I, I think in my career you're only as good as as your last script, and this market is incredibly unstable, incredibly fickle. Things change all the time. Obviously, being in the middle of massive seismic changes in um, our society, which includes Hollywood. So, um, yeah, just look. All, all you can do is always give it your best. Invariably. So, I know you don't know uh, a lot about nonprofits specifically and the types of communications that I focus on, um, but there's so many parallels that I use the Hollywood storytelling system, formula, framework, um, whenever I'm working with clients to help them craft their stories. And uh, in fact, I think what you just said even resonates because in a lot of ways, you're only as good as your last interaction. You're only as good as your last communication with a donor or if you fail to communicate with a donor effectively, they might drop out entirely. So let's take, take a couple of steps back. And let me ask you, um, when you're starting to work on a script, do you start with a goal in mind? Do you, what, how do you begin the, the process? Well, the process, there, there are many, many different facets to it. Um, there's the creative side and the business side. Creative side starts with an idea. And it could be anything from, oh, I have this image to, I have this character to what if. And it can wander into your head at any point in night or day. Literally, I, point, I just couldn't sleep the other night and something wandered in my head. I'm like, I think that's going to be my next script. Um, just an idea that's been sort of just stating for a while that I think now I'm, I'm getting pregnant with. Now, the goal, that, so, and obviously each project is going to be different creatively because while it begins with an idea or a character or an image, as I said, the, there is a wide diversity of those things that are going to be different and distinct, hopefully. Now, the goal remains the same every single time. I want to tell an entertaining story and also assuming that this is not work for hire i want to sell it um there is i i am i'm not a starving artist i'm not a fringe painter um 
um, or, 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 or a poet, I serve marketplace where I'm always trying to be mindful of what the buyers are looking for and who the audience is. It's maybe sort of um, jumping ahead in terms of your question. So the goal is I, um, I want to write something. I want to finish it. Um, I think a, a lot of young writers and myself included when I starting out, and I suppose it might apply to, 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 to business um, enterprises also, you start something you don't finish. Um, writing a super is very much like running a, a marathon. Um, it, it, I don't care if you're incredibly fast or slow, but you got to cross the finish line. At, at the end of the day, you got to finish the race. So my goal is to finish the race. I don't need to be the fastest runner, but I, it needs to be, you know, a reasonable amount of time. I don't want to take three years writing something. So. I want to start it. I want to finish it. I want to finish it in a realistic amount of time. I want it to be good, and I want to sell it. So these the, the, the these are my goals. Beyond okay. that, I don't think of, and I want to win an Oscar for it, or I want this to win a billion dollars because those things are way beyond my control. Um, as I've learned, and look, you, you, you see that there are three credits there. There's quite a gap between them. And I can tell you that. In the gap between them, well, leading up to some of my produce credits, and between them, I've sold a zillion of other things. There's some that 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 almost went. There, there's some that have gotten calls that huge actors attached, and those things are completely beyond control. The, 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 the stars have to align. The corporate mandate has to be such that that, that 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 they want this piece of property, this IP on their slate. That is. That is not something you control. What I control are the words on the page. So, okay. so let me hone in a little bit more on how uh, we're going to be able to help nonprofits with these processes. Um, so you did uh, say in there that you look for uh, when when you start working on, on on a project, it starts with an idea. It starts with characters. Um, but you're also thinking about where is this going to land? Where is this going to go? What are the potential channels, uh, if if we could call them that, uh, or distribution avenues for this type of project, right? And each of those is looking for different things at different times, I'm assuming. So if you're writing for Disney as, as your last project that I uh, really enjoyed watching, um, versus if you're writing for uh, an, uh, a movie that's, for a studio that's looking for something more gritty and sci-fi, um, like say Predator, um, then Predators, sorry, the plural, uh, then you're gonna, how's that gonna affect the way that you plan your story and uh, craft your uh, craft your process? Well, the process doesn't necessarily change, um, although you know, each studio may have a different Internal process, like what you were talking about, was work for hire. Disney was very outline intensive um, and much more stringent in terms of brand awareness. Um, and Fox was less so, but that matters not. At the end of the day, the, the, the process is what the process is. There's a different set of expectations that come comes with every genre and every job. It, it, you know, one is when one is an action movie, so there's a certain number of action set pieces you need to have. Um, they are, um, it, 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 you're, you're really laying very heavily on um, 
least I'm pointing my creditors, on the mythology, so servicing the fans. Whereas the Disney thing was family, so it's a, a much kinder gentleman, but also there wasn't a mythology that came with it. So you're kind of creating your own mythology. At the end of the day, look, with every story, you ask yourself the question, why do you care? Why do I want to invest in this people, in these people, in this experience with a space of an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, three years, five years if it's a TV show? But at the end of the day, why am I, why do I care? Very fundamental. And, and, and at the same time, why does the audience, why should the audience care if you're writing for a particular genre? I a particular write, so I write for the audience of one and the audience of many. What do I mean by that is I need to care because if I don't, that's going to show in the product. It, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I can't phone it in. So I got to be invested. I'm living with these people in my head. I, I got to like them. I got to. I can enjoy spending time with them, and I can enjoy the experience of, of of telling that story. So that's part one. That's the audience. The audience of many is, but at the end of the day, when I am done, this hopefully in success will be seen by a multitude of, of people. At the very least, it's going to be seen by my employers, which is also it's never a small group. There 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 is five or fifteen or fifty people that will. That, that they will read this. So why will they like it? Why will they care and want to tell that story to 50 million? Awesome. So um, do, when you're when you're creating your your story, what hooks an audience? How do you how do you get them hooked in? Because uh, I, I remember in theater school, um, my uh, directing teacher said the director's number one job is to keep the audience from walking out. <laughs> Even if they are just sitting there counting the lights, that still counts. I think that's also screenwriter's number one job, right? Yeah, no, how I'm do you do that? Uh, well, look, it's no different from if you and I were having a conversation and we're complete strangers, there, there's no social obligation on your part to pay any attention to what I'm saying. So. I have a limited window of attention with you. So I got to say something that, that's going to pay attention to me, especially like if we're in a crowded room and you're hearing a lot of voice, a lot of conversations. So what do I do? It is anything from, I literally wrote a script where over black you hear, shut up and listen. And then the guy proceeds to you know tell the story and crazy shit happens, but that was like literally the first line that, that I went with is, there is um, another script that I started with. Forget what you know. Forget what you think you know. Forget it all and come with me to the time there is no more. And sort of, kind of, it, it's just like you know, it, it, it is you're being taken somewhere. Um, that would, you know, if I said we open and there is a smoking gun on the floor, like okay, interesting. Somebody got shot. What's happening here? Um, you know, one of the greatest lines in the, I'm a huge fan of Stephen King. I highly recommend that your listeners and viewers uh, read on writing. It's a wonderful book of essays that he talks about. Exactly when I'm talking about the process and the tricks, you know, um, the Doc Tower series, the first book opens with a sentence, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger fall. Boom. 
right? It, it, it is, who's the man in black? Who's the gunslinger? There is a villain, there's a hero, there's the quest. And, but I, I have to say, to me, that is more wallpaper because be, the house begins with much larger questions um, as opposed to how do I hook the audience, which is, mind you, very, very important. But, but this really, really awesome wallpaper in the entryway is not the house. The house really begins with a much grander design because it, it, the wallpaper is all well and good. But but if there ain't nothing beyond the entryway, I'm I'm gonna get bored and re leave pretty quickly. Absolutely. So our first job, our first challenge as storytellers, is to somehow hook attention, pique some curiosity, get people imagining and wondering what what this is all about, what's going to happen, and somehow get invested. Are you looking? to have any sort of uh, impact on your audience when, when you're writing a script? Like, is there, uh, do you write with the intention of, well, I hope, right, that when they walk out, they're going to be a little different, transform in any sort of way, feel something, learn something? Um, yes and no. Your um, short answer to it. Um, so when I was just starting out, Absolutely, they're so like, how do I change the world? How do I change lives and all that stuff? And what you sort of come to realize at, at, at the end of the day, again, it's, it's the, 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 the forces that you don't control. I submit to you that the greatest movies that you've seen, the movies that have changed your life did not set out to do so. Um, there were just people telling stories and that story connected with you in the frame of heart and mind that you were in and taught you something, perhaps even not the lesson that, that the, the, the authors originally intended. So to me, I sort of walked away from the grand message in changing the world to, I want to tell stories that entertain people, that, that, that people enjoy, that make people feel something, yes, experience something, yes. Um, and at the end of the day, if they connect with the material, fantastic. I, I, I would love that. But, um, the, the, the words impact, I, I think, assign some sort of grand importance to the storytellers that, that, and to our stories that, that we, we kind of overinflate our own value. And, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, I, I think the stories that impact really, because the audience finds something in, in, in this in story that connects with it, it, it is not because that the writer is this great world-changing genius or anything like that. So, like I said, I I I just want to I just want to make you care about the story that I'm telling. I'm, I want you to make you feel something, experience something, and if you find something in it that is a greater lesson that may change you or 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 the way you see the world, then well, that that's that's up to you. Okay, so then. You, if your goal is to um, primarily entertain, um, what are the keys to a satisfying experience within a story? Well, first of all, each genre comes with its own set of expectations. So, um, you know, action movie needs to keep you on the edge of your seat. A comedy needs to, needs to make you laugh. Um, a horror movie needs to give you, you know, the, 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 the thrills and the, and the chills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, they all, they all converge in the same place, which is 
why why do you care why do you get invested why why are you not checking your phone and going yeah you know what i i'm just gonna go walk away do something else so yeah it all comes down to the same place and, and it is either plot or characters or ideally both there's just got to be something that 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 strikes a chord something relevant and resonant cool so um i tell nonprofits that a great story should leave people hoping for a sequel uh, do most movies in hollywood in the in the hollywood blockbuster genres hope to spawn sequels why are franchises such a sought after goal uh, well, I'll tell you, every movie hopes to spawn a sequel. Or if you get there, but uh, all, all, all hope to do so because uh, quite simply, it just it, it means profit, it means return business. Um, so that's a huge part of, of what a, um, what my business does is driven by commerce. So it's not surprising. Everyone wants more and more and more. Now, in, 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 in truth, uh, it's become increasingly difficult to do anything that is not IP driven that creates franchises. Um, John Wick is a good example of something that was not IP driven. They just did a little action movie on, on a very meager budget that somehow worked and now uh, they're on number four and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But um, those examples, sadly, are few and far between. However, um, there are opportunities for original storytelling. As long as you correctly identify the need um, that the marketplace has. In Quiet Place is another great example. They did a really smart, intelligent horror movie. Um, and um, now they're when number two did great, and there's going to be number three and four, I'm sure, and all that stuff. Again, they looked at the marketplace and said, here's where we can do something that's going to feel different and distinct. That's not going to cost us $200 bajillion, um, but, but we can do it and do it in a really interesting, intelligent fashion. So I feel like there's always going to be room for that. So the idea to me there is that when you tell stories that people do connect to, that people do love, then they're going to be looking for the sequel. They're going to be hoping for a sequel, right? How many times have we seen fans disappointed because Netflix or something canceled uh, the, the next season or, or the sequel to a particular movie? Or vice versa, fans rise up and demand something, and and the studio behind it responds and says, "Okay, fine, we'll do it because you guys want it." Um, I think there's a similar effect in nonprofit communications, in all communications, really, where when you tell a good story, you're going to leave people wanting more in one way or another. And while in Hollywood they might pay to go see the movie and therefore vote with their dollars, in the case of nonprofit, they might want to. Uh, pay you back for the good that you're doing out in the world and the story that you just told them by donating more. I get asked all the time, um, how long should a story be? How long should a video be? How long should a story be? Um, how would you answer that question? Well, in my line of work, there are much stricter guidelines in terms of page length, certain length for uh, TV shows, certain length for, um, uh, for a feature. I don't think that it quite applies to you, to, to, to you guys. Well, there is in, in, I know that a feature is anything, if it hasn't changed anything longer than I think it was 84 minutes long, but it could be up to three hours long. How do you decide how long to make your movie? The script, 
has to be no longer, and some studios have their own little requirements, I give or take 120 pages. Um, I, I, I've done 123, uh, 130 becomes egregious. So uh, look, there, there, there are places that you, you, you turn in 130, they're gonna give you no cut. Um, um, uh, television, uh, like early 60 pages, 63, okay-ish, beyond that, really pushing it. Half hour, shorter than that. Now let's, this is very specific requirements of my work, so let's take a step from that. Um, at the end of the day, there's gonna be a finite number of, of seconds, and as I'm getting a message from you, we're, we're, we're out of time, so, so fundamentally it is try to fill it best, 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 best you can. Um, fundamentally, we also live in a world where there's too much content, so the shorter you can make something, you're talking about a video, three, four minutes, get the gist of it. We have an expression in my, my field, which is called the elevator pitch, which is if you were taking the ride in the elevator, going up and going down, and you only have an attention of somebody for a very short amount of time, how would you distill the story to its very basis? So my answer to that question and uh, yours is, of course, very uh, clear and industry specific. My answer to that question is usually not a second longer than it takes to tell the story well. So you put in as much as you can put in in terms of constantly maintaining the attention, the focus, building the, the suspense or building the drama or building the storyline in one way or another. Because as soon as you add anything extra, that's when people start tuning out and walking out uh, psychologically, right? Yeah, look, every movie, every story can be reduced to a log line. Uh, any movie you've seen, any movie you can think of, I, I could put it in a sentence. So you can put your business in a sentence. Now, if people are intrigued, you go, okay, here is a paragraph. Love the paragraph, I can go and here is, here's a one pager as we call it. I think, you know, again, there's fundamentally the, the, the ways to build it, but you always start with, so equating a script with um, a, with with a business, I always start with the shortest log line. Awesome. If that connects, if that intrigues, then you go for more. Perfect. Uh, I mean, that's actually I teach everybody to come up with their log line and to have it right at the top to cap capture the attention and then slowly tease them into a longer and longer version of the story. So I think that totally makes sense. Um, I know that you have a lot of books that you recommend to people starting out in in the business what are uh some of the resources that if somebody uh who is perhaps not aspiring to be a screenwriter but is looking to tell better stories that you might want to you would encourage them to check out right so i believe i already mentioned stephen king on writing fantastic book um another great inspiration for me is william goldman ventures in the screen trade um any script of his you read which guest in Sundance Skid, um, Princess Bride, there's a very unique voice. The personality of the storyteller really comes through. Highly recommend uh, uh, his stuff. Um, what else? Robert McKee, um, who I, I think you're actually hoping to have here on your podcast. Uh, I've learned a lot of his stuff um, growing up in, uh, uh, in college. Um, what else can I think of? Um, and look, you know, at, at the end of the day, your your favorite storytellers, it's 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 not magic, it's a skill. 
they're doing they're doing they're telling stories really well because they're following a certain formula, a certain recipe, just as a master chef would. Just I'm trying to understand how they why do you care? How do they make you invest in the story? And then you'll start begin to understand how to tell stories yourself. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time today. Thank you for uh, going out of your comfort zone in, in the world of screenwriting to helping us interpret it for organizations that are out there trying to do more good. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Until then, thank you so much for all the work that you do to make the world a better place for all of us. Thank you all for watching and listening to the Nonprofit Hero Factory. We hope this episode has given you some ideas and strategies for creating more heroes for your cause and a better world for all of us. Please be sure to subscribe to this show on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And let us know what you think by leaving a review. 